Hi, Beth. Hi, Tyler. Um, we're here in the darkness of winter, in the <laughs> darkness and cold of winter, with Opposites Refract number nine, hopefully bringing a little warmth to our lives Ooh, and I like others. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so let's get started. We were, we were having, uh, we've been having a lot of conversations around this idea of wintering. Uh, neither of us are uh, winter people, even though you've lived here basically your whole life. And right. I've lived here much of my life. Um, we don't necessarily do well mm-hmm. psychologically always in the winter yeah. time. Um, what does that look like for you in the past? Like, what is winters? What have been the struggles with winter? The big one is I hate being cold. Like I feel once November hits, I have this chill and it doesn't yeah. go away until April. Yeah. I was thinking about that today about uh, being able to hop in and out of the shower and not be freezing. Mm-hmm. That I miss that. Even though you, our house is like a normal temperature or right. whatever, it's still just cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so being cold. Yeah. That it, makes sense makes me think too i was down in south carolina um visiting family over i think it was spring break um and i remember i walked out of a restaurant and i was like oh i don't have a coat on and i don't have to like freeze like it was it was amazing that yeah i had forgotten that you could walk outside without coats on and bundles and all this yeah i mean i lived in texas for six years right and so that i got real spoiled (laughs) um i came back and i was like oh goodness i forgot about this did you have Um, did you have to buy a new coat or did you have one left over from when you lived here before i actually bought a coat there the coat i wear now yeah i uh you could often find good winter stuff like not very uh worn out at like goodwill and stuff yeah because people would buy it when we'd have like a we get our like one week of the 30s and then people would have so they had their coat for that and then a lot of times they'd get rid of it or whatever it was it like had been worn for like a week okay so uh so i had i had decent winter gear just from that experience (laughs) i love it (laughs) um but yeah so this topic of wintering keeps coming up so I, it's kind of this pushback against the idea. It's saying uh, winter is forcing us into this kind of cozy, inside, slowed down pace. Mm-hmm. So instead of resisting that and trying to find all these ways, and like I used to do it by playing disc golf year round, and mm-hmm. I and I was secretly miserable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But I felt like I needed to because what else am I? Gonna, this is what I do. Yeah. A couple of days a week I play disc golf. I need to go do this. Yeah. Um, but there's this idea of wintering, and you sent me an article. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's on this website called Wit and Delight, and I usually like their essays, basically, that people write in reflection. And this one was in response to a book called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. Uh, and um, I liked this essay about that so much that I bought the book. So I'm excited to read we the book. We have not read the book. We yet. have not read the book. Yes. This is not an endorsement of the book. No, this is just saying, yeah. That... This is preliminary discussion <laughs> about the topic of wintering. I currently own this book. That's all I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> but the article um, spoke about how this author gives you permission, um, or just, I guess, reminds you. I don't like that. It gives you permission. Remind you that hard times come, winter comes, no matter where you are, what you are, and that 
can sometimes be just a really difficult loss or a difficult time, mm-hmm. even in the summer, in the winter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's not necessarily season, season specific. Yeah. Exactly. But that idea of like endurance and having to kind of button down and just kind yeah. of work your way through, but that's also how you gain wisdom, which I had never really thought about how, um, yeah, that sense of, um, reflecting and of just being quiet and being mm-hmm. with yourself instead of always going and doing, um, kind of helps you learn about yourself, learn about your world and, um, yeah, it changes you. So I'm excited to read this book and see more about it. And, um, it, it gave me hope for winter, which I haven't had in quite some time. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about that too. Like how my energies change. Mm-hmm. My my energy level goes significantly down. Yeah. Um my my uh desire to be around people changes. Mm-hmm. It's less active. Yeah. Um my the things I want to do change. But like I said, I always felt this urge. I think it was partly from living in Texas and wanting to uh make the most of every day because you just have all these great days and just keep and you, didn't, you weren't limited and so to just kind of push through which mm-hmm. obviously if anyone knows my story drove me nuts in many ways literally um and this is kind of um at is yeah it, you said you didn't like permission which is funny based on something else we we're gonna talk about but uh <laughs> i do like that idea of per, that that permission to recognize the the way things are the reality of what it what mm, is yeah and okay so things are it's colder outside mm-hmm. so i'm so that means i'm gonna be inside more well what kind of activities when i'm cold when i'm when i'm when i'm more cozy yeah what kind of activities do i like to do so i like me personally i'm i'm trying to kind of reconnect with reading yeah um, i've kind of lost in the bustle of summer and stuff I don't read as much because mm-hmm. I'm on the go and uh, outside, and yeah. um, so now I'm like trying to reconnect with reading, um, uh, taking advantage of like the classes at the gym that we go to, yeah, um, to stay active while while still being around people, but mm-hmm. but being in inside as opposed to normally going to like disc golf week, right, and that kind of thing. So just trying to find those um, what act what. Uh, winter activities are you looking forward to are you enjoying so I don't know that I'm quite yet to the enjoying part yet but uh, one thing I did love um, and I think Mm. kind of started this thought process was decorating for Christmas and Uh just pulling out all the ornaments and remembering you know decorating in past and Uh all those kind of warm nostalgia feelings that you can get around holidays and stuff so um, I'd say yeah that and the lights and just um I love blankets and I love sitting on the couch Yeah, and it, I love when the cat that we Melba comes and sits on my chest and won't let me up because she's just happy and purring. So and Melba is giving you permission to winter as well. She is. Thanks Melba. Um, but yeah, I love all of that. What about you? Uh, well, like I said, like reading in those classes. Um, and I think this is, the year that I finally really learned how to play the cigar box guitar. Yes, you were practicing um, yesterday and it sounded so good. Well, I don't know about that, but it was, I was practicing. That is true. <laughs> um, I recognized a song you played. So Yeah, what was I playing? Amazing Grace. Oh, Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah so yeah i was playing amazing grace sister and the cigar box guitar um you know that was one that i had picked up in the winters at in austin and then i haven't really played in a while and so i'm kind of getting that groove back yeah so that's i think one thing but the whole the whole thing about this is we're so lucky to ha- to have like a warm place to yeah. to be and uh to have uh all these things we can do we can literally watch any movie <laughs> you know and it's like true. we have a like i have a cigar box like guitar like a nice one like these are just really blessings and so i think another thing that this idea of wintering um lends us is is like a reminder to be grateful mm. um and that in in the act of not resisting winter mm, yes but saying what can i get from this what does this do for me what yeah what um how can i grow what is the blessing here yeah um is yeah is is really great so That's i'm glad beautiful. we're thinking about that and glad we have each other to win last winter was really hard on me i was in elwood um you know but like i always am battling mental health challenges and but i was so isolated because you know uh you were living an hour away we were just getting started in our relationship anyhow um i yeah i was out in this house out in the country by myself yeah it was yeah so it was a lot it was a lot of lonesomeness and a lot winter got equated with like being stuck and being stuck alone Mm. um and so to kind of take that back and like being able to um do those things in your company and in in this house we're making together is is really nice. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. That was something um so that article or essay that I mentioned on Witten um design, they talk about the Danish term which I've been saying wrong this whole time. Apparently it's Huga. Huga? Yeah. How's that spelled? H-Y-G-G-E. So I was like, Hagi and Hyugae, and it was a mess. So Huga. But it talks about, it's not just this feeling of coziness, but it's like creating warm environments with people that you care about and you trust. Uh And so, yeah, I feel really grateful that we can create that together. And um, yeah, again, not quite looking forward to winter, but looking forward to spending time with you. Well, like things like, having a show to watch together like yeah. this is our show which we need to we're taking suggestions if <laughs> please um but yeah show uh, like having a show to watch mm-hmm. making sl- slowing down and making meals together yeah. um, or making meals for each other all those kind of things that um that kind of feel uh summer feels too quick for mm. in some ways mm-hmm. um like we're like we gotta get it like you know like i need to make a quick dinner so i can get up to the disc golf course right. you know i got yeah. i need to like why would we watch you when you go on walks like yeah. but now those options are different and mm-hmm. just really um accepting and yeah. surrendering mm. to those. um that's great uh another thing i like in the winter 
is cheese. Cheese is chocolate. <laughs> and so that brings us to our science lesson. Today, what a good segue. Nice. Which is ironic because you don't like cheese. But I don't. You're, you're going to teach us about cheese curds. Well, I saw this article as well, and I sent it to you immediately because I know how much you love cheese curds. I do love cheese curds. And how sad you are that I don't, so I can't enjoy them with you at 20 Tap. And so... Yeah, I have 20 Tap written down. So my favorite cheese curds are at a, at a pub here in Indianapolis called uh, 20 Tap. And it comes with two different aiolis. You get to choose. There's like seven different aiolis you can choose from. Do you have a favorite aioli? The garlic one. Yeah. I forget exactly what it is, but it's a garlic aioli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is really good. Um, but yes, we we don't get to share cheese curds. No. Yet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, has subtly been introducing me to, me to cheese. I'm like, hey, do you want to try this? And so someday, maybe. Maybe someday. Um, but anyways, it was very nice of you to think of this and, and to think of me in this. And uh, yeah, so teach us about cheese curds, Beth. Yes. Okay. So cheese curds apparently have to be from cheddar because any other type don't get that signature squeak, which comes from a protein in the cheese curds and they have to be fresh. So um, you know the ones that, because the ones at 20 tap do squeak. They do squeak. Um, so they, they are fresh, which is good. And we also know when they go in the fridge for a, 12 hours they even. They don't squeak. They don't squeak. <laughs> and they're quite, yeah, very, uh, very deflated. So, um, but they're uh, unaged and then they are separated from liquid whey. So that's how they're made. And um, they defy logic, really, because when you chew them, they squeak. When you pinch them, they kind of smush out, but they don't crease. Like they, they feel like a non-Newtonian fluid or something. Yeah. Where it's it's not Which real. isn't helping the argument to get you to <laughs> eat, eat them. It's true. It's um, true. Um, so yeah, so it's just the protein um, that is dissolved by the lactic acid on the cheese curds. So that's why they don't squeak after a certain time. So you can only get it in that first okay. like 24 hours or so. Um, and apparently Wisconsin um, claims to have the best ones, which understandably so. They're very proud of their cheese. Um, and um, people have tried to mimic it because like even low fat cheese curds don't have the same squeak. And yep. so food scientists, which I kind of want as a, as a job someday, I think it would be amazing yeah, to test this. You should be a food scientist. Um, but they try like freezing them and thawing them and microwaving them. And apparently with cheese curds the fresh ones if you microwave them you can get like a minute or two of squeakiness after microwaving them after 12 hours but Uh then they're done um so yeah but um brick cheddar is the main one um oh wait i'm sorry brick cheddar is not one it's regular cheddar and um yeah it's like this uh this unusual thing that apparently everyone loves i remember the at the state fair they always have the wisconsin the wisconsin yeah the wisconsin hot cheese did you get those this past year i didn't get them there i've gotten them before okay do they squeak because i can't imagine i don't think they're i don't think they squeak i don't think they i don't think they're very fresh i think they're more like like cheese fried cheese cubes kind of like or like mozzarella sticks like just yeah but with like cheddar yeah but like cheese cubes or like they just deep fry like a cube of cheese. Okay. And, hmm. But it doesn't have that squeaky quality because it doesn't have that. What's what was the thing again? Why it, the casein? It's a protein. That protein. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Very apparently cool. it rubs against the tooth enamel, which sounds horrible, but yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah. amazing. I love that. So there you go. Everything you wanted to know about cheese curds. Well, thank you. Um, 
Yeah, I never knew why they squeak. I thought, yeah, I had no idea. I knew it was something to do with the enamel, but I didn't know about about that protein. That's interesting. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I don't have a good segue for this one. Um. <laughs> but the it is funny that you mentioned like you didn't like the word permission, um, because so for our so question for that card game we play where we draw a card about, um about a topic a question about relationships and discuss it uh this one is when you're with me you have permission to blank um so we can do it we talked about you can do it either way what do i give you permission you can answer what do i give you permission to do yeah. or you can tell me what you give me permission to do yeah um, hmm. I think, can we do both? Like, I'm kind yeah. of curious to compare, like, what you think. So, What's, yeah. Yeah, so let me frame it this way. What's the main thing that you feel like I give you permission to do? Well, you even mentioned this earlier off the podcast, right. but um, you talked about being playful. And, yeah. like, I feel like I am able to be goofy and um, try out things because I feel safe. Yeah. Um, in general. So yeah, you enable or you give me a sense of safety. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I was hoping. So for my end, that's what, that's all, that's one of the things I'm hoping is that I'm giving you the freedom to play mm-hmm. and to try things, to try bits and try jokes and, and they don't, <laughs> land, we do that all the time where we're like, yep, we tried that one. It's like that, that ain't work. <laughs> and that's no okay. Go. We have this weird, and another thing I wrote down was, uh, you're you're so into trivia, mm. and you're and you're you're so smart. You're scientists, all that stuff. Um, but and so a lot of your life is made up of knowing mm-hmm. things. Um, but I also want to give you permission to not know things, mm. to forget things, to miss say things, to 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 just not simply not know it. That's okay too. And we ha- we have this with the goofiness and the knowing things. We have this. Uh, unreasonable expectation and unnecessary pressure mm-hmm. to always be right and always be in the and, and to always be perfect and always and yeah and I know you put a lot of that pressure on yourself too yeah. in your life and so uh, as a partner that's something that I would like because uh, I know in the past when I've had uh, partners who have uh let me because i i run a lot off of <laughs> those same things so it's the golden rule i'm treating you the way i want yeah. to be treated, right? so yeah oh well thanks babe i appreciate you yeah being thoughtful about that and wanting to do that it's, for sure for sure i like that um yeah and so let me see how that so what do you think what so what's important to you to give me permission Mm. I want to give you permission in that same way, like that sense of safety that you mm-hmm. can be your full self and that um, whatever um, whatever your brain is telling you or going through, like you uh-huh. have a safe space to say that, you have a safe space to kind of work through that and yeah. not feel like you have to always be on guard, I guess. Yeah, so... You have permission to be playful and silly, and mm-hmm. I have permission to be less than well. I, mm-hmm. I have permission to, to be sick. Mm-hmm. And when 
uh, that was a big, that's a big thing. Uh, I've never felt once felt shamed or, uh, by you or guilted by you. Um, or I never felt like you didn't believe me. Um, and that's, that's huge. Um, uh, as someone with, with mental illnesses, uh, to have that, um, permission to feel the effects of that illness. Um, and not, uh, and have as little shame about it as possible because there's enough shame, Mm. societal stigmas, personal, like disappointments and frustrations. Like you, you don't need your partner also (laughs) like giving you a hard time about it. Right. So, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And you just gave me permission to be honest, um, about the mental health stuff but also other stuff you know i have a lot of other weird things about you know Mm sexuality is weird and um and uh yeah mostly my sexuality (laughs) (laughs) but um but uh no but like i have strong opinions and i have and i have strong interests and and just being able to like when i get excited about basketball being able to just be like look at this watch this you know like (laughs) those kind of Things of just being like pure and honest um, is really cool. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad. I like sharing that with you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And so, well, something I've been, I got a good segue for this one. Uh, <laughs> something I've been honest about lately is my, is my struggle to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I built such an identity around uh, being a writer in my early and mid twenties. And then, um, because of my behavior and my mental illness, um, that changed. Mm. Uh, and as anyone that's listened to this knows, like I was separated from the poetry community, um, by a group of folks who didn't feel like I belonged because of my behavior and because of my mental illness. Mm. And, uh, you know, whatever we think about that, that's not really, but that, obviously changed my relationship to writing and so i've been on this kind of weird uh kind of man without a country vibe like Mm. not sure like what does it mean to write and not publish what does um what does it mean to write and not have a community these are all because those were the big things that my writing was built around that's how structured it Mm. so so i've been struggling and so i i've been writing in spurts like i had a couple uh, last summer, I wrote a couple essays yeah. and got them published about my mental health experience, um, all that kind of stuff. And you know, I I went through a couple a couple years ago. I wrote, I finished a new book of poems mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And so I get spurts, but lately I just I just don't have it. I sit down to write and nothing comes out. Mm. I just I think about writing all the time. I and especially lately i think about writing all the time um i think of ideas i take i'm still taking notes um but just the act the work of it yeah just uh i just can't vibe with it for some reason um so so i'm trying to reconnect to the writing that i loved that Mm. that first inspired me to be a writer the stuff that really got me excited in my first you know five years writing poems um so I thought I'd share a poem from that era that I loved that um, by a guy named Kenneth Koch. He was 
one of the New York school poets, along with Frank O'Hare and John Ashbery and many others. Um, but he he's my favorite of the of the New York school poets because he's so he's funny and he's like he he's wild. He'll write all kinds of different kinds of poems. Like I have a I the book I'm reading out of here is the, the collected poems, which are all his like normal length poems. Then he also has a collected long poems book that's like 300 pages long and it's like there's only like nine or ten poems in there that's like a novel (laughs) yeah wow uh and so there are these long there's these really um these really structured intense um long poems he so he just does all kinds of uh interesting stuff um so i've been trying to go back to his work to kind of remember that playfulness and to remember what humor feels like and how to, yeah. um, so this is his poem to you. And I used to use this poem a lot when I taught, um, when I, I used to teach, I use it with kids and adults. So, but, um, yeah, to you by Kenneth Cope. I love you as a sheriff searches for a walnut that will solve a murder case unsolved for years because the murderer left it in the snow beside a window through which he saw her head connecting with her shoulders by a neck and laid a red roof in her heart. For this we live a thousand years. For this we love, and we live because we love. We are not inside a bottle, thank goodness. I love you as a kid searches for a goat. I'm crazier than shirt tails in the wind. When you're near, a wind that blows from the big blue sea, so shiny, so deep, and so unlike us. I think I'm bicycling across an Africa of green and white fields, always to be near you, even in my heart. When I'm awake, which swims, and also I believe that you are trustworthy as the sidewalk, which leads me to the place where I again think of you, a new harmony of thoughts. I love you as the sunlight leads the prow of a ship which sails from Hartford to Miami, and I love you best at dawn, when even before I'm awake, the sun receives me in the questions which you always pose. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I always like, this was always a fun one to teach because, uh, again, the idea of permission keeps coming up in this conversation. (laughs) But it gives people permission with their um, similes and metaphors to really go for it. Like mm. that opening, I love you as a sheriff searches for a walnut that will solve a murder case unsolved for years beside, because the murderer left it in the snow beside a window. So good. And it's that... like, what? Okay. Um, the way that carries, right? That simile, that simile carries. Or um, you're trustworthy as the sidewalk. Yeah. Which I really, I really like. Um, uh yeah and so to take that to try to push that that universal i love you as specific and mm. and deep as we can go mm. and just trying out new ways that's that's what i think poems are for hmm. trying out to, new ways to describe things that you feel place to or experiment and, okay yeah i love that that's beautiful. Trying to say the impossible, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, love is impossible to describe. There's no one definition. And it feels like all those similes fall short, but I love the specificity of them. Mm-hmm. 
and then like and I think you've talked about this before the image they bring up where it's like I get a very I'm gonna butcher this but I get a very specific image in my mind and uh -huh. like I think you've said before that poetry is about me helping someone else experience what you've experienced is that it's fair? kind of <laughs> it was uh, a good track. uh no I I think that might be too close to a definition of communicate, like communicating okay. what I'm feeling to you. Okay. It's more like come in here with me. Mm, okay. And see how wild my love is, mm. you know, yeah. and like this is how wild it is and all these different and it just, it doesn't stop. It just, yeah. I love you as a blank. I love you as this, right? And uh, it, yeah. And so it's not so much sending a signal out mm. um, saying this is how I feel. Okay. It's more saying come in here to the mess as well. That's why it's not trying to – these Kenneth Koch's poems are never like – you're never going to be like – it's not like a Billy Collins poem where you're like I get that and I see how every little piece fits and okay. it all yeah. equals X, right? Yeah. It's not ever going to do that. Like his poems are never going to do that. They're going to invite you into the experience of mm. the poem. Is that true of all the New York poets? Was that kind of a defining feature? In their own ways, yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Okay, very cool. Thanks um, for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, it looks like we're going to have kind of a shorter episode today, which is fine. Maybe it's in our wintering spirit. There you go. We're feeling I like lower it. energy. We're feeling. Um, but before we get out of here, we want to make sure we hit some more Rex, more Rex, and mm -hmm. some gratitude. So, um, yeah, what um, what's something that you've been digging lately? Trivia. We've you been... stole mine. No, sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, I've no, been I'm digging. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Handbones trivia. Yes. Uh, we yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's been so good, and we've kind of um, that's been another wintering tradition. Is like mm -hmm. we played trivia three times last week. Yes, we did. <laughs> but it's really fun. It's fun to stretch your brain and fun to be social and do mm -hmm. it and meet people and yeah. Absol I, Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna specifically shout out Handbones Trivia, yes. which is an Indianapolis-based trivia company that does like almost every day of the week has games across the city and yeah. some days has upwards of 10 or 12 games. Um, we go every Monday to a bar near us um, and with a group of friends and we, we, and we kind of got solidified. We've been going to this, this night with this mix of people right. for since August when the game started. First started yeah. When they first started having games at this place. But it, we we finally kind of figured out what is the exact group like uh, and how do we all vibe together. Yeah. Uh, we kind of figured that out on um, uh, Saturday mm. with, with Hambones held their winter classic. And we got, it was invite only in our team because of our, I think mostly for our persistence yeah, that we true. all we, we go every week, but that also was, our skill. Yeah, yeah. He likes us. He knows he us. And, yeah, he's a great host. And yeah, David Michael hosts, and he's yeah. Uh, Hambones is great. Mm. Um, I love their format. Yes, I love. Um, it's a really like straightforward, fun like mix 
mixed format. Um, and the hosts are always like very kind and welcoming yes. and uh and you have a chance to win gift cards for the place you're yeah at. so um that's always fun too um but yeah so i was but we had this winter classic it was the, this big like 18 team tournament and we all got invited but we were um we were uh we kind of really got to see what everyone's role is on the team and to see how everyone mixes with the six of us together. Right. It was kind of the first time the six of us had played together. We'd played in some combination of those. Right. Um, and yeah, so it was fascinating uh, to see how everyone's role. How, uh, what we, how do you, what would you describe my role on the team as? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say yours is, um, you, I think you fill a couple roles. One is you're so good at helping us think through things. Like we'll be trying to figure something out and you will just start naming things that are associated with it. Sometimes it's not, but like just to <laughs> kind of get our brains rolling. Yeah, um, I know it's not this, uh -huh. but, but I want to say this. Right. Because it might head us in the right direction. Right, The example exactly. I always use is there was a time when I said like, could it be Chile? And you said, no, but it is Venezuela because I got you there. Right. Like I got you in the I right I couldn't have region. gotten to South America without you, but once I was there, we got it. Um, so, yeah. So I'd say that's a big chunk, and you're really good at that. You also are a rock star with anything sports, but especially well, NBA. Like I don't even I don't even try. Like I just know you got it, and you've got it in the pocket, and if anybody doubts you, like they are – shown to be wrong very quickly we'll give a shout out to my friend cody van busker who, <laughs> who when we were uh kids we used to when we go on field trips and stuff we would bring um like trivia books sports trivia books yeah. with us and just read <laughs> and, and quiz each other on the school bus okay so is this our new like uh, road trip game, road trip we... <laughs> game just getting trivia books that would be fun actually i know actually i've seen a bunch of podcasts Oh, um, we should definitely listen to that one. Yeah, uh, that uh, our trivia based. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like a perfect medium for trivia. Yeah, that'd be. Actually, fun. I should talk to Hambones about doing a. <gasps> that would be cool. A Hambones trivia. trivia podcast. I love that. Yeah. So and I'm really fast. I just want to say you're also a really good encourager and just that it's that same sense of safety. Like you. You help people be able to say ridiculous stuff. Yes. And so, like, even if it is like, I don't know this, but I just want to throw this out. Like, you give other people permission. Yeah. There's that permission again. Yeah. Well, trivia isn't so much about knowing exactly mm -hmm. what every answer is. Yeah. It's about having the mojo to get to the answer. Yeah. And you have six people to get there that I just got to get. I just gotta get one person to come along with me, yeah. And I'm heading there, even though I don't know the answer, <laughs> right? Like, and but you might, so come with me, and yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, it's great. It's it's it's. Uh, I really didn't like it. Yeah. At the beginning, the first couple of times I went with y'all, I did not enjoy it because yeah. I didn't know my role, mm -hmm. which is huge for me. I didn't, um, because I I didn't understand mm -hmm. that point that I just made that, um. It's not always about knowing the answer. Mm -hmm. It's about finding the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, when did that switch for you? Like, when did you start to enjoy it? Do you remember? When we started playing handbones. It was that one. Okay. It was, I had just moved here. Yeah. 
it was a mile it's a mile from our house we can just we can go hit it up and we started playing that regular monday night game yeah we started kind of playing with the same people that before we were playing with you never knew who was going to be there. Sometimes there were nine people there. It's too loud. It's so stressful. It's too stressful. Sometimes it would just be me and you. And then, and, then, and now it's like always around like four to five people. Which is a really good and, yeah, balance. Yeah. So, uh, but I want to talk about your role too. Um, because you are like, um, you do all the writing. Mm. And you do a lot, most of the answering. <laughs> which is impressive double duty. Um, so the way they do it at this trivia is they read, they read the questions kind of quickly and then you're supposed to kind of just take notes about the questions. And then they give you like five or 10 minutes to go back over the questions with your group and all that. So as he's reading the questions quickly, you, and then you got us hollering answers <laughs> at you and you're making notes and you're also thinking about, I'm just really impressed by that. Um, and uh yeah and you just you have an our friend kurt uh marvels at the way your mind works sometimes and uh and it'll mine is usually i think a lot of people's is if it doesn't come within the first like 30 seconds mm -hmm. it's not coming mm -hmm. you're it'll click like four and a half minutes later <laughs> it's true and and i'm like where was that hiding like <laughs> Like, and so you, you have some ability to reach deep in there. That's really impressive that, mm -hmm. um, in terms of recall. Um, but I did that once last night when we were at Trivia, uh, on the, the one where we answered Gatekeeper. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and that wasn't the answer. But, but it was I had so this, good. I had this moment like, oh, Gatekeeper. <laughs> and it was like, it wasn't the answer though. So <laughs> I good. Still, I felt so good. Um, but um yeah so hand bones trivia if you're in the indianapolis area you should go and check out their instagram and go to one of their games and uh if you need some teammates we would love to go with you yeah we'll, <laughs> we will willingly go just about anywhere we will we will <laughs> um okay i really want to say this just because i thought of it again the weird brain thing yeah um do you remember the book the mixed up files of mrs basil e frank Frankenweiler, Frankenstein, nope. Frankensomething. Nope. Um, so it's the story of these two kids that get lost in a library. Okay. And Mrs. Franken somebody was the librarian and they like have they have this go on this whole adventure. But I feel like my brain is the mixed up files. And that's why like it takes so long to get there is because I am going through like years okay. of moldy folders. But I just got excited to mention that book because I remember really loving that book. See, I think I just clean mine out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is very, very neat and organized. I got go like straight there. I got like twelve files. <laughs> for some reason, but it's they like go deep. Nineties NBA is one of one of the files. Nineties country too, 90, man. Yeah, weird things. Um, well, great. Um, well, before we get out of here, let's do our gratitude. Yeah. Um, what's something you're grateful for right now? I'm really grateful for um, Christmas lights. Like, I drug you along to drive around you half did. of Indianapolis. But I love seeing the creativity and the color. And, yeah, I am. Um, I love that you love that. Aw. I do not love that. <laughs> I know. But you're I will very absolutely kind. go with you. <laughs> um yeah good 
So yeah, that's been brightening up days, especially because it gets dark so early now. Like mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to drive around and see some light still. Yeah. So, well, and I promise when we have a house with outside plugs and that isn't two stories. Yes. Um, I will put up Christmas lights. Yeah. Um, that you can come home to. Uh, very good. Um, my gratitude is, um, I'm very grateful for. Um, our new church, the, mm -hmm. the UU yeah. church here, um, they have a morning meditation group mm -hmm. that meets on Zoom. And because of my lifestyle, I'm very lucky I get I can go uh, on the weekdays, uh, in the mornings. And so I get to start every day uh, with meditation, but also there's it's the same kind of group of like 12 people that come. Yeah. And uh, like I've only been going for a couple weeks, but I'm like getting to know them, and um, yeah, getting to know them and uh, getting to check in with them every day has been very helpful in helping me have better days. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, I'm not the best self starter, mm. getting up and getting going because with not working at getting going, but get having to get up for that and get. At least like put on a shirt for that and like <laughs> yeah. get a hop on the zoom right um has been really great um and i love and meditating is so helpful to me anyway so starting out in that space where i'm being where i'm relaxed i'm aware of my how my brain's working all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. that's a great start to the day absolutely and it's another place i think it because community is so important to you it's another place it to form community and it is. It's just nice to start your day like that. So I'm glad that's really been good for you and you've been enjoying that. I know. I'll miss tomorrow because taking our dog Jenny to the vet. Oh, to, yes. She's got um, uh, benign. Yes, thankfully. Uh, right? Benign. That's the good one. That's right? the yeah, yeah non-cancerous one. Uh, benign uh, little growth in her mouth. Um, but we should be getting that all taken care of soon. Yeah. But anyways, so I'll have to miss tomorrow meditation group but it is a really great way to start my day so i'm very grateful for that that's great babe yeah well anything else before we head out uh no this was fun i enjoyed chatting with you it's good chat with you because we don't lower, talk <laughs> little lower yeah i know this is the only time beth and i talk um, <laughs> all right well i hope everyone's having a good holiday season and we'll talk to you soon bye all